0: he looking where's he looking and he did it he more than us, once yeah, yeah. it's really, really really unusual sure. and he pummeled it he hit it a country mile for his second home run of the night and once again he's looking at something and then the next move is that powerful swing and a blast on the center field i've not seen that before with him no i've not Ever no, seen and it? And we both seen us yeah. a, yeah, it a lot. An man with
1: an life. I from hey, hell I pay the price.
0: All I want is to be left alone in my but why do I always Oh, the New York Yankees. Aaron Judge, little Rockwell to open the show. What were you looking at, big fella? Ninety-nine. Having those wandering eyes. Was it a good-looking Canadian woman in the front row? Was someone selling popcorn in the stands? Were you looking at the Blue Jay signs? What really was going on with Aaron Judge? We're going to hear from the big fella in a little bit. We get his comments and more. LeVacq. Doing his thing. He's going to be popping in and out of the show today as well. A little content creation. You're going to hear from him in about 10 to 15 minutes as Kevin Sweeney joins us as well. Sports Illustrated to talk about more. But Yankee fans, we want to hear from you today. We've done some mystery. We've done some crime solving here on the early editions of LeVac and Guys. We've been trying to find out who Antonio Ella is earlier in the month. Now we want to hear from you of what was Aaron Judge looking at yesterday? Now, Aaron Boone tossed early in the game. Yankees win 7-4. is smashing the ball. But we want to know. And I'm okay with the wrong answers. You can let us know on the Elevation 10,000 phone lines at 518-690-0980. 518-690-0980 is the Elevation 10,000 phone lines. Add Tom Was Easy on Twitter, and you're listening on the iHeart app. Hit that microphone right there. Let us know what Aaron Judge was looking at. If For those of you who may not know what we're talking about, Aaron Judge has got 8.9 million views and counting on social media in less than 24 hours because of the home run that was hit out in Canada, and the broadcast crew that you just heard there, Buck Martinez and Dan Shulman, were noticing that Aaron Judge's eyes were Heading towards the dugout, Judge was asked post-game about what was he looking at. A lot of chirping from our
2: our dugout, which I really didn't like in the situation where it's a six nothing game. And I know Booney got tossed. Like I was trying to save Booney by calling timeout. Like hey, hold up here. Like let me let me work here. So I was kind of trying to see who was who
0: was chirping in the dugout. So it's six nothing. Like let's Booney got tossed. Let's just go to work now. To quote Ron Burgundy, I don't believe you. Aaron Judge, I, I, that sounds good. In a while to think about that. Someone probably alerted you that you might get asked about that in the post-game press conference. And you came up with a pretty good answer. Come on. Yankee fan. We can all admit it. I'm not here to judge. I'm here to just talk to you about what happened. I'm not here to judge. Look at that, pun intended. If he stole the sign, he stole the sign. Hey, if Toronto was that dumb. To let it be that quick to be figured out what they were doing and where the ball was going, Aaron Judge just looked over there, saw it, picked it up, and cranked one deep. That's not Aaron Judge's fault. I'm not going to criticize the guy. I'm not going to come on here today and tell you, Aaron Judge is a cheater. Ah, No, we're not doing that. This is competition. This is sports. This is a game you tipped off your strategy, Toronto. Sorry. He picked it up. He was smart enough. I don't care what sport it is, whether it's baseball and you figured out the bunt, you figured out the steal sign, you didn't use electronics, you're not using Apple watches and UFOs or drones. If you actually within the game picked it up and used it to your advantage, congratulations, you deserve it. Cross-sport comparison if you're watching a football game and the offensive tackles in a three-point stance on every run play and a two-point stance on a passing play. Not your fault you were able to figure that out watching film. Sorry, you tipped off the pitch. You tipped off your stance. You tipped off the play. I don't care if you're playing poker with your buddy and he touches his face when he's got a good hand and he's trying to bluff. I don't care if you're playing Uno with one of your young siblings or cousins and all of a sudden they smile and they draw a draw for any competition from games to sports and more. If you... Give us what you're trying to do in your strategy. You should be allowed to take advantage. I know we're the home for the Boston Red Sox here on Fox Sports 95, and 980. and Red Sox fan. You may not feel the same way as New York sports fan. Look, you can be a New York sports fan, but root for teams in new England. There's no doubt that can happen. Boston Dan, one of our favorites has that New York Boston crossover, but I think even a Red Sox fan might have to admit this isn't, Houston Astro level cheating. This is not that level. The only thing was the Canadian crew of Shulman and Martinez and credit to where credits due because professional broadcast crews sometimes get criticized more than complimented. The fact that they were able to paint that picture and tell that story on the broadcast of look at the AL MVP looking over to the dugout. What's what's he looking at? What's over there? Is he looking at the pitch? John Boy Media will give them love because they shared it on social media, and we've seen them almost walk us through sometimes of what's exactly going on on some of that stuff. The ball goes over the fence. The Yankees win the game. The Yankees continue to improve from where they were just a few weeks ago and plays like this have helped And the homers from Aaron Judge. We knew he was going to have an impact. That's an obvious statement for how good he's been in 2022, now moving into 2023. The Yankees struggling without his bat in the lineup. Well, boy, I didn't expect this. Maybe Aaron Judge has been doing some extra work in the film room, seeing opposing pitchers. Some young athletes don't do those types of things because they've been able to get away with talent throughout their entire career and not had to worry about getting that extra step, that extra motivation, that extra edge in a game. Maybe Aaron Judge has been doing this a lot more in his career, and finally he's been, a busted's not the right term. Exposed maybe is a better term of showing how he was able to have success against Toronto. I don't believe that the Boone stuff and the chirping and everything else, I, I just don't buy that during an at-bat. You want to tell me that when Aaron Judge is hanging out in the dugout? You want to tell me that when Aaron Judge just maybe got a mouthful of sunflower seeds or something else going on? I can buy that. But stuff like this, and we say this every single baseball season, and this is where the smile should come across Yankee fans. If you're an Aaron Boone hater, shh. Today's not the day because remember a few years ago when Aaron Boone had the savage take and I just referenced John Boy Media, how their company basically blew up because they got the raw tape, the raw footage of Aaron Boone going out and defending his players talking about how they were savages in the box. Now clean that up. Sorry, the podcast audience is going to get that either. This felt like one of those games, didn't it? Didn't it feel like the turning point for the Yankees season? Rarely do we call the pinstripes the underdog, the team fighting from the bottom, working their way back up to the top. But something about that game felt like that when Boone's losing his mind, when your friends and fellow Yankee fans and your group chats are starting to say, yeah, Booney, way to go Booney. Judge called him Booney earlier. That term of endearment that makes you want to root for a guy like that. Even when the Yankees are winning, Boone is losing his mind. You know how easy it is for so many coaches and managers to just chill when your team's winning? Because you're getting the job done. Your job is to win games and sports and your team's winning. You can just chill if you want. And only get worked up when your team is losing momentum or losing a lead. Boone didn't do that. Boone wanted to spark something. And the sparks are flying. I can't wait for tonight. I'm so fired up for Yankees Blue Jays tonight. Our pal Brady Fark is going to join us a little later in the show. He's a former college baseball pitcher, and I want to get his perspective on this too. But now that it's public, now that it's been exposed, now that it's out there, what does that mean? How can that happen with Aaron Judge now being potentially targeted by the Toronto Blue Jays tonight? Is Big 99 going to get one in the back? Are we going to see a little Donnybrook, a brouhaha north of the border? Now, Toronto was said it's their fault, according to reports. They said they got busted. They said they got their sign stolen. I think that's a very diplomatic answer to say that. But it's not cheating. You gave up your strategy. Aaron Judge sniffed it out. He saw what it was going on. He hit the home run. Look, some are saying, guys, you're jumping too far. You're just saying, oh. Looked over there, saw the sign, hit the home run. You just heard the quote from him. It's not as easy as it is. I will I will not believe Aaron Judge on that. Hell, I wish he kind of just would have said it. What if he just came out and said it today? Hey, uh, Toronto's signs are really easy to figure out. So, yeah, I figured it out. Now, I, I kind of want the bluntness, not arrogance, but, yeah, hey, I figured it out. It's sort of like you're taking a test in school. The teacher gave you a homework assignment. Hey, study this for the test. And during that studying, the test you take, hey, I remember this when I studied for the test and I got question 17, right? It was B because that was in the assignment you told us to study before the test. Yeah, I got that one right because I studied. We want to hear athletes do things like that. And maybe this is the fun, exciting part, why we enjoy sports. The reason Aaron Judge didn't give us an answer is because, hey, you think there's a chance that didn't change them? You think there's a chance they're going to tip him again tonight when we play? I don't want to say that I know the answer because I want the answers to stay the same. Test in and test out. Don't change question 17 tonight because I already know the answer is B. Let's roll with it one more time. I hope that what we watched yesterday involved the New York Yankees and the Toronto Blue Jays. By the way, Blue Jays are good. Right, like Even some of the takeaway from yesterday, I know we're talking a lot about Judge, and we're talking about the sign-stealing and Boone and what this type of win and atmosphere can mean for the New York Yankees for the rest of 2023, but this is not like they beat up a terrible A's team just like a few days ago they did. Toronto's going to be in the mix in the postseason. Young lineup, better pitching than previous seasons. Their attitude is clearly there a little bit. They've got some swagger with Vlad Jr. and Biggio and more. This is not some scrub team the Yankees Pounded on yesterday with the offense. This is a team they're going to continue to play time in and time out this season. It's a good Blue Jane team. And maybe Toronto gets a spark from this. We're going to find out all those answers tonight. But baseball, overall, we've heard so many times the criticism: oh, baseball's too boring. It's too slow. It needs to be better. We've heard that time in and time out. Baseball changed up a bunch of stuff this year, and if you're a baseball fan, you probably still feel a little conflicted still early in the season about the bigger bases and the shift and the pitch clock. Pitch clock's awesome. I need to hear someone argue against the pitch clock, and I know the postseason debate's going to be fascinating about that, but a lot of the stuff for baseball has gotten better. Well, what I enjoy doing this for a living, doing this as my profession, is getting to actually come on and talk about baseball and have really good, juicy storylines. Stuff that makes people want to watch the game. Stuff when you're an outside observer on a regular Tuesday in May. Hey, what are you going to throw on? Well, the season finales are coming up for our favorite shows. Yeah, but Secession's on a Sunday. Ted Lasso's on Apple+. Plus. We can watch that whenever. Oh, you want to watch Yankees, Blue Jays tonight because of this storyline? Aaron and Judge about it. Ooh. Yeah, I heard guys talking about it on Fox Sports, five nine and 980. There's some storylines to this. There could be a potential Rivalry brewing. Can Judge steal the science? How zoomed in are the cameras going to be tonight on Judge's eyes, by the way? You know every cameraman. This is their dream. Aaron Judge is going to go to the plate like MJ with his eyes closed and so nobody sees it. That's the stuff we're in store for tonight. Yankees, Blue Jays, and Yankee fans. Blue Jay fans, Red Sox, we want to hear from you. You listening right now. This right here, Fox Sports 959 to nine eighty the voice of the Capital Region Sports Fan, whatever it is, via social media, via the app, and via our phone line, Stakes at Elevation, 10,000. 518-690-0980. 518-690-0980. If you're hanging on hold, I will get to you. We'll make sure your voice is heard today on the show to talk about everything from Aaron Judge to the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, even you, Corian Greenwich. I might be nice to you today. I know your Lakers are taking on the Nuggets. We might even hear from you as well for a few minutes. For a few minutes. So, a lot of baseball talk. Leading off the show today, but coming up on the way, we've got the NBA draft lottery. We've got a prospect that could be drafted this summer that is being called the most hyped prospect since LeBron James. LeVac's gonna hop in this conversation with our former intern, Shaker High School Zone, Kevin Sweeney, now turned writer for Sports Illustrated. Kevin's gonna talk about the lottery, the college basketball landscape. If you're a U Albany Hoops fan, if you're a Siena Hoops fan, we're going to talk about what the transfer portal means for those programs going forward and more. That's all coming up. You're listening to the voice of the Capital Region Sports Day on Fox Sports five nine and 980. LeVac and Gaz. More on the way next.
2: LeVac here for USX Pest Control. The non-chemical exclusion system is amazing. I had Tim from USX come out to the house. He walked around. He showed me where the potential problem spots would be and what we would need to do to make sure that I didn't have to worry about invasive, you know, little rodents and nastiness. We went around the attic. I learned about bats, where they come from, how you could tell whether or not they've been there, mice in the basement, how you could tell whether or not they've been there, all these things. And then, get this, I find out one of the houses across the street has a termite problem. I called Tim over at USX Pest Control. Let him know. He said, here's why you're safe. A lot of concrete between you and that. However, we're going to go ahead and take a look and make sure it's Okay. It is amazing how how just better I feel, how much safer, how much just more relaxed I am with my house because of USX Pest Control, part of the Gagne family of brands. You may remember Cat's Eye Pest Control. Well, now it's USXPest.com. Levatt and Gaz on Fox Sports Radio 959 and 980. Of course, grab us on the iHeart app as well. We have I, I listen, I'm taking credit for all the hard work of the people that were that we were lucky enough to have come into the building. <laughs> Uh, this is one of the guys that, like, when he got there, he didn't speak to me, which would let me know he was intelligent. And then, as we got to know each other, I, I grew to uh, really respect and like him. I, I'm only saying that because I'm not sure if he can hear me yet. Uh, Kevin <laughs> Sweeney joining us right now, and uh, Kevin, Sports Illustrated's Kevin Sweeney, is that is that how I how you want to be addressed, sir?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a good intro. Uh, and yeah, you corrupted me by the time I was done there, so it was, it was all right. <laughs>
2: Yeah, like how much did you learn from us or how much did you have to unlearn after being with us?
1: I surprisingly learned a lot. You know, like, there there was some, there was some, like, stuff you should do, some stuff you shouldn't do, you know, the whole the whole thing was pretty productive.
0: When you think back, you wonder, all right, you got to do the intern task, like, loading in commercials, loading in promotions, and then one day we just bring you out and be like, hey, uh, Matt Barkley, can you just go interview him? We're a little busy right now. Okay, sure. I guess I'll interview <laughs> a great USC quarterback and a Buffalo Bill. that's, yeah, that's, that's the internship we gave you.
1: Yeah, you tossed me to the fire. I always appreciated it. Uh, it was a great time working with you guys, and. Uh, fun to
2: hear the show now. Well, I, I appreciate you uh, making some time now that you are, you know, the, the big wig high on the hill. But I have been a little out of, of sorts. I've been working on some stuff. I, I I may have been running an arena football team that is now in, in dire straits. So, <laughs> so Kevin, I need your help. Like, I need, I need like, college hoops 101, like college hoops for dummies. So, like, what's going on? Give me the Rick Pitino story in a nutshell for people who haven't quite kept up with it over here.
1: Well, he's the the new head coach at St. John's, one of the certainly highest profile moves of of the spring. Um, This was, I think, kind of known from the beginning of the season. This would be the last year at Iona. He had a $0 buyout to get out of that uh, contract after his third season. So people kind of knew that this was coming, and St. John's became the destination as February rolled into March. And uh, he's had to completely rebuild the roster. He's got two holdover players. He's brought I believe, four guys over from Iona and still has a couple of spots to fill. But, I mean, there there will be excitement. I mean, the, the Big East as a whole has just loaded up on high-profile coaches, whether it's Patino, whether it's, you know, Butler hiring Sad Mata last year. Obviously, a guy who's been been around the block. No Jay Wright anymore, but Dan Hurley coming off a national championship. Ed Cooley now at Georgetown. Shaka Smart's killing it at Marquette. Shaheen Holloway off the Elite Eight two years ago. He's at Seton Hall. Like, the Big East coaches are awesome, and Patino can kind of be the dean of that group.
2: Kevin, is this the like, the reemergence of the Big East? There was a point when I was younger that like the Big East took over television. If the Big East was playing each other, it was it had prime time. Are we are we finding our way back into that?
1: I think we're trending that way. I'm not sure we're just kind of with the TV deals if it will feel quite the same, but I, I think like the power of the league is back where. It belongs, right? UConn just wins a championship; they should be a top ten team again in twenty three, twenty four. Marquette might be in the top five in the preseason. They've got a tremendous team coming back. I mentioned obviously Patino and, and the excitement that will come with that. Cooley's return to Providence will be a huge deal, right? Like there are some natural kind of storylines and rivalries in, in this league that I think will make it really, really compelling television here over the next few years
0: with coach patino exiting iona in the mac overall a conference what if at all effect does that have for sienna's future
1: i mean i think it, it opens the door a little bit just in the sense of like look Tobin anderson the, the guy that was hired at iona won the game with Charlie dickinson over purdue like he's a tremendous coach but there was a talent disparity that iona was able to build because they had rick patino right when you sell rick patino in recruiting you get the types of guys that they've gotten which were, you know, three, like high three-star level players, guys from now that in the, they're in the portal, they're going to bigger programs, right? Walter Clayton, their best players now in Florida. Um, that's not going to be quite the same with, with Tobin there. So I think the door opens a little bit for Siena. Obviously, Siena's been competitive near the top of the league, which hasn't gotten over the hump. I think this league looks very wide open next year because there's been so much turnover. Siena has a lot of turnover. Iona certainly had a lot of turnover. They only have one scholarship player returning uh, from Patino's team, but that that league will be, will be will be there for the taking if the Saints want to go get it.
2: Join us right now, LeVac and Gaz, Fox Sports Radio ninety five nine nine eighty. Is Kevin Sweeney? Follow him on Twitter at cbb underscore central. So uh, this is the dream scenario that I had while at the you know the NCAA tournament games at the MVP Arena. So I figured Patino walks off the court once he's done with Iona, and then Will Brown hops the rail, and he's announced as the new Iona coach. Didn't didn't have, Will Brown is 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 he in line for anything?
1: Uh, this cycle, no. Um, it's possible he could get back in the mix. I think you know the last two years it's been somewhat slow in the Northeast. A lot of the like low and mid major jobs in the America East, the MAC, there just hasn't been. I think the turnover that a lot of people anticipated. He could, be, he could be in the mix for, for those jobs here moving forward. Obviously, a ton of success at Albany, you know, win five league championships. That's not easy to do. Um, but that's not something that, that will happen this year.
0: I know you're a Northwestern graduate, and this question might seem very simple, but maybe not. I know you could do about two hours in and in a full dissertation on the transfer portal. But would you say <laughs> it's a good thing or a bad thing for college basketball? Hmm.
1: I think it's more good than bad. For the sport and for the product on the floor, I think it's very challenging for fans. I, I think that like the average fan who watches college basketball kind of throughout the season isn't going to be like a locked into the off season college basketball fan. They're going to struggle with all the player movement and knowing who's on who's roster and finding reasons to be excited. But I think for the sport, it spreads out talent more evenly. It gives opportunities to kids to play at the highest level. Um, and I think it has created some very compelling storylines in the offseason, right? Like, um, you know, the Hunter Dickinson saga was incredible. I mean, it was the closest thing to NBA free agency that we've had in college basketball recruiting. So, uh, look, like, obviously it's it's different. And I think if you polled coaches, they're probably very uh, frustrated at points with how the portal has operated. I think it will settle down here in the next couple of years. But there's no doubt there's some benefits to it from selling the offseason and making – you know, April and May feel like a big deal in college basketball when otherwise, obviously there's
0: no games going on. Tonight's the NBA draft lottery, and for New York basketball fans, it's good news because the Knicks aren't in it, the Nets aren't in it, and almost, I have to almost backpedal maybe because maybe some Knicks fans and Nets fans would want to be in this year's draft lottery. So many times before, we hear the same tired storyline of the player who could go number one overall could change a franchise and change the future. We hear that a lot, but it feels like this matches the cliché this year in the hype around Victor Webiniana, what do you know about this, and is the hype real?
1: So the hype is very real. He will be the number one overall pick, regardless of who has that selection. Um, he is, you know, a freak in every way. He has the skill set of Kevin Durant, but five inches taller than KD. And uh, KD is already freakish in terms of what he's able to do because of his size and his athleticism, his ability to shoot over people. So. Uh, He's not like anything we've seen before as a player. Does that mean he will have that level of success? Obviously, that's an unfair expectation for him. But I mean, there's a reason he is as touted a prospect as there has been since LeBron. He will have that level of expectation. It will be very difficult for him to reach it because those those expectations are so high, so sky high. But the tools and the makeup and like everything about. Victor Weminyama is really really special and he will be uh quite the gift to whichever rebuilding team gets him number one overall
0: some listeners just had that pop in their ears when you said the best prospect since LeBron James 20 years ago now I think we need to like go back to that a little bit maybe not so much the hype but are you talking skill set and transition into the actual professional game take us through why he's getting that much love
1: yeah I mean it's just it's very rare to have a skill set like victor's right to be i mean at a certain point his size allows him to do things that other people can't do he can protect the rim better than really anyone because he's seven foot four but runs the floor extremely well he can block three point shoot three point shots right like how many guys are blocking at three in this day and age very few he can step out and make threes but he can also drive it if you watch the film from when they played against the g-league Knights team he was able to like he can like Put it on the floor a couple times, take a step back jumper. You obviously can't defend those because the ball's just shooting over you, right? So obviously LeBron was like an elite athlete, but it had this like elite kind of point guard skill set at six foot nine. Victor's not necessarily that level of playmaker, but he has like the scoring pop potential of a guy like KD, and I think the overall potential game impact that could that could match someone like LeBron. Obviously that's not fair to put on him, but. There's a reason he is that level of prospect.
0: There's so much comparison, as you mentioned there, between that 2003 draft with LeBron to Webb and Yana, And I think that's not the only stop there with the 2003 draft 20 years ago because there's another heralded recruit that if it was any other year, maybe Scoot Henderson would be the number one pick? Yeah,
1: Scoot, Scoot I think it was a real conversation maybe a year, year, year and a half ago, could maybe Scoot push Victor. That's over. But Victor, or Scoot, excuse me, is a really good prospect. He's a... You know, a playmaking guard. He's been a, you know, been playing professional basketball since he was 17 for the G League night here, um, playing against G League players, and um, you know, is really just like a dynamic athlete. Can get downhill. Um, there is some conversation around the league whether Brandon Miller from Alabama could jump him and be the second overall pick. He's a little bit more game ready. He's six nine. He's going to make threes. He's got a little bit of that playmaking skill set. Obviously, everyone's looking for that six nine playmaking wing, like a Paul George type of player, that's the ceiling with Brandon Miller, but Scoot is probably the favorite still at this point to go number 2 overall, and he's an excellent prospect.
0: I know you won't believe the how I'm going to set up this question, but because we air Syracuse basketball games on our sister station, WGY, and sometimes here on WOFX, I have to ask about the Orange, and you know this because I text you about once a month about Syracuse basketball. How should Orange fans feel about the transition out from the Hall of Fame coach, Jim Boeheim, to the new head coach, Adrian Autry? I
1: mean, I think it was time. Um, how successful Adrian Autry will be, I think, is, is a real open question. I, I think he's done some good things early on in recruiting and, and hiring staff. Uh, obviously, landing J.J. Starling coming back into the region is, is a big deal, and Chance Westry as well. Um, but, but I think there are some significant question marks of, like, how good a job and how good a program Syracuse is. And there's just general modernization stuff. That I think has to happen, right? Because very few programs, even Duke, like Duke, had some level of history before Coach K. Syracuse has virtually no history before what Jim Beheim was. So we don't know what expectations should be without Jim Beheim hovering over. So I'm curious to see how it plays out. I could see it go a number of ways. I think in the short term, the fact that they have some talented guards I think will help, you know, smooth the transition. But I think. I think O'Tray going to have to be willing to adapt and really show real change from the Beheim era as things change in college sports. He's talked a big game about doing that so far, but we'll see on the court. I think that's that's its own question.
2: Sports Illustrated. This is Kevin Sweeney with us right now, LeVette and Gaz, Fox Sports Radio nine eighty ninety five nine. And so, Kevin, you're a Northwestern guy. I'm a Michigan fan. We used to have a lot of fun going back and forth with Big Ten athletics. I'm gonna I'm gonna tee up the the awesome opportunity you wrote an article about why hunter dickinson is leaving michigan and headed to kansas is it funny to you that one of the schools known for paying players before they were allowed to is having trouble paying players now when they're allowed to (laughs) it
1: it is funny um it is also very wild to like sit here and just think about how openly we're like yeah like i only made i made less than six figures so i had to leave like two years ago like (laughs) The like NCAA police would be coming with handcuffs. You know, like it's a <laughs> wild how it's all shifted. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, there there are challenges at a lot of programs. Michigan is not unique in that, like, there is not a lot of guaranteed money to go around. That's what every kid wants, the can in commandment, right? NIL is supposed to be, you know, you're adding value for a brand, you're adding value for, you know, X you know, company, you're putting your name on the car dealership, yada, yada, yada. But in reality, what kids want is, as, as close to a sure thing money and they want upfront money if they can get it. And, and Hunter is good enough to command that. He commanded that from Kansas. Um, it, one of the big reasons he wound up at Kansas and not Kentucky was Kentucky does not like to give out guaranteed money. Kansas is more willing to. Obviously, again, everyone's tiptoeing around the rules. Are, are Is this legal NIL? Is Are we put, you know, pushing the boundaries? But the NCAA has shown no real willingness to step in and, and punish anyone for doing it. So everyone's going to keep doing it and, and, you got to pull out the big checks, otherwise you're not going to keep your stars. under Dickens.
2: I feel like Michigan just is unaware it's allowed now. I think it's just, you know, they had their their wrist slapped, and they're like, "No, you guys, this is a trap. Like you're tricking us. We're allowed to pay our guys." Like I feel like that's going to be an issue for a little bit as they figure out that they can they can just go for it with the duffel bags.
1: Yeah, to to, a, to an extent, without a doubt, and, and I think there's also been kind of lead to lead. Like I, I think the Big Ten generally has been a little slower Wisconsin in football and basketball has been a little slower to like throw out bag 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 yes SEC has jumped a little bit deeper into the waters certainly the big 12 in basketball has jumped in pretty pretty quickly um so yeah all of this is a transition um it takes time to get the infrastructure together right it, it is not as easy as like some random rich guy calling them up and being like do you have a million dollars yeah all right let's get this done <laughs> right they're like you need uh, most of these schools are operating through a collective and that's you know, that there's tax implications to it. Like, it is far more complicated than I think people realize, and I think some first-year coaches, and this ties back to Patino, haven't had the success in recruiting early on that people expected because it's just taken them more time to get the NIL operation up and running as quickly as needed to.
0: You're a Capital Region guy. You're a Sports Illustrated writer. but The internship is over, but I'm saying this now. Levesque, I'm making this proclamation for Kevin Sweeney. Okay. This is going to happen for as long as this show's on radio, that when the brackets come out, Kevin will be forced to come on the air with us every single year before we finish our brackets. So when the Lavagnos Bracket Challenge comes back, Kevin Sweeney will be stuck that week breaking down the brackets. Before I'm giving we make him our nil
2: picks. money to do my bracket for me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not fair. Yeah, I, I, I
1: do accept bribes. I do accept checks. Nice. Please, please know my brackets have not been very good the last few years, but I'm happy to give advice for God.
2: That's the part he learned from me. That's the one he learned from me, the the bribes. That's, that's Hey, it's he Kevin
0: learned. Sweeney here for Hooters. I can there see the life reading there now.
2: Thank you, Let's my go. friend. <laughs> uh, man, you got to follow Kevin. At CBB underscore central. You can check him out in uh, Sports Illustrated. Kevin Sweeney, one of the one of the best to go through the halls of LeVac and guys survive, and actually advance. We appreciate you, brother.
1: Appreciate it, guys.
2: Hey, it's LeVac from Mohawk Chevrolet. Have you heard about Car Bravo? That's right. Mohawk Chevrolet, who is... The place to go when you need a vehicle has now made it even easier when you're talking about pre-owned vehicles. They changed the game with Car Bravo. Any maker model, not just Chevrolet, whatever it is you're looking for, if you can name it, you can now buy it certified from Mohawk Chevrolet. Here are some of the great features that Car Bravo offers you. At home test drives available, Primer Crust or upon request i mean however you want to say it see how excited i get about these things buy or sell your vehicle from the comfort of your home dealership wherever you are i might buy or sell one during the show and God isn't paying attention you don't know delivery to your front door or location of your choice guaranteed limited warranty on any make or model backed and serviced by mohawk chevrolet how great is that 126 checkpoint inspection free car Victory vehicle victory. I call it victory because you're winning. Vehicle history report, roadside assistant anytime, day or night, courtesy transportation during a warranty repair. The list goes on and on. Car Bravo has changed the used vehicle game. Check out Car Bravo at Mohawk Visit them at F of Exit Twelve of the Northway in Malta. Find new roads with Car Bravo at Mohawk Chevrolet, where they always go out of their way to please you.
0: Is this how it's gonna be all summer? Until the season kicks off, September 11th for the Jets. Jets take on the Bills. Should be an awesome AFC East matchup. Both fan bases will be super excited. But from now, which is May 16th, until basically four months from now, are we just going to get these weird baiting, again, B-A-I-T-I-N-G, baiting stories that are going to try to get reactions out of Aaron Rodgers? And maybe you know what I mean by that. Maybe you don't. The story that's been published today by The Ringer was a story about former Green Bay Packer now Vegas Raider wide receiver Devontae Adams. And in this story about Devontae Adams, they asked him about the success that he had with the Raiders in his first season. I think even if a Raider fan who wins and losses, LeVac's a Raider fan, our pal Sean Martin here locally is a Raider fan, Raider fan, copier J, Copier J, I thought you were your Panther fan. Raider fans have to admit that Okay, wins, losses weren't great, but Devontae Adams was good. So in this article, he was asked about post-career with Aaron Rodgers. And Adams said, quote, it proved that I am me. A quarterback doesn't make me. I make me. And I can do it consistently at this level. Good for Devontae Adams. That's right. Stick up for yourself. Tap your chest a little bit. Show off some pride and say you think you're one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, if not planet Earth go that far. I don't think there's a better wide receiver in Sweden right now than Devont Adams, although I haven't checked recently. But Devont Adams wants to say, hey, I proved that I can do it in another town, another city without Rodgers. Look what I did. Go ahead. Because there's a lot of guys who couldn't do it post Rodgers. There's a long list, right? Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobber, the quick two that pop into my head. We all thought Al Lazard was going to be that guy in fantasy football this year. That didn't happen. Finally. And by finally, I mean every year for about 15 years, anybody who was Aaron Rodgers' number 1 target turned into a statistical machine, and fantasy football players like myself loved it, and wins were produced by the Green Bay Packers. Also, happy birthday, Chris Honorado, who's a big Packer fan today. But Adams went on to say that that's why last season it meant a lot. Even if I went and played like dog, let's say poo-poo, next year, they can't say it. Because now I've already proved it that through the course of a season, I played every game and put a resume that says I do not need. You can erase all the numbers. You can just write it in. He didn't need Aaron Rodgers. So now the New York media outlets today are using that as a diss to Aaron Rodgers. Ha, former Rodgers receiver says didn't need him to be all pro. How? Like, why? That's the takeaway from this interview, not that Devonte Adams went off, did his thing in Vegas, had some really good numbers, worked with Derek is going to have Garoppolo this season that he went out and proved he's a top tier wide receiver. That's what everybody should have to motivate themselves, especially wide receivers at the professional level. That's the knock on so many wide receivers, right? Even the greatest wide receiver of all time, in my mind, Jerry Rice, that's his biggest knock. Well, you had two hall of fame quarterbacks. You had Young. You had Montana. Oh, and by the way, you had an MVP quarterback when he played for the Raiders then in Oakland with Rich Gannon. You've always had great quarterbacks. Okay, look at his numbers. Jerry Rice could have done it somewhere else. And we can talk about other guys like Calvin Johnson and Randy Moss and T.O. and everybody else. Who's in this, Marvin Harrison, Larry Fitzgerald. There's tons of great wide receivers. But the biggest knock is you couldn't be a good wide receiver without a good quarterback. It's also kind of catch-22. yeah. A good quarterback does make a wide receiver better. He gets the ball out to him. He puts it into position. He has those offseason rounds that they learn together to make them better. So I mentioned that term baiting, right? Baiting Aaron Rodgers for an answer because this is New York media. I thought it wouldn't matter. I thought because Green Bay, Wisconsin doesn't have much else going on besides Packer football, that Aaron Rodgers would not be affected by the New York media that people focusing on what Rogers is doing day in and day out. He kind of be used to at this point. Okay. People are going to ask me about my personal life. People are going to ask me about how I'm playing. People are going to ask me about my off season. What do I do for hobbies? The darkness, every Pat McAfee. I'm kind of used to this at this point, but maybe what Aaron and Rogers wasn't used to was these baiting twisting of the articles. Hey, uh, Aaron, did you hear what your former teammate, Devontae Adams, said about you? No, I didn't. I haven't talked to Devontae in a while. He said he didn't need you. Wait, what? Yeah, he said he didn't need you to be an All-Pro. Now, if it's presented like that, which you've heard New York media reporters ask questions and set up stories, they could set it up like that. And hearing a little bit of the New York attitude on it, it got me frustrated. I'm like, whoa. I'm kind of ticked about Devontae Adams. Why do you say that about me? I thought we were friends. I thought we were teammates. But I just set it up for you, the truth of what that article was, Devontae Adams kind of putting pride in his game, not kind of, was putting pride in his game, saying he's one of the best in the league. But Aaron Rodgers, who's been known for over close to 20 years, being a bit sensitive, not ticking well to criticism, you could look at the last 24 months of this with Aaron Rodgers, is he is he not will he will he not he's going to come back to the Packers is he not going to come back to the Packers and in the Pat McAfee interview just a few what, months ago one of the reasons it seemed like Rogers did not want to finish his career in Green Bay it wasn't because of the fan base or the coaching staff or his fellow teammates it was well they made it pretty clear to me they don't want me to be here anymore well they made it pretty clear that they want to move on and get, get traded so I'm going to leave okay all right man. I get you can be upset about them never giving you a first-round running back or wide receiver, but now this stuff, where this is your concern, Jet fan, not for the ability of Aaron Rodgers. He's shown that for 18, 19 years. You've had to wait and wait and wait to make sure the deal was right to bring in Rodgers, and you're going all in on this season. You've got to give that love to Joe Douglas and Robert Sala that they want to win right now. They don't want to hesitate. They don't want to rebuild any of that stuff. They want to have the best team possible take the field in 2023 and win the division over teams that are aggressive like Miami and Buffalo and teams that, will say, have their own style that's been successful in New England. So you went in to go get Aaron Rodgers. This concern is how will Rodgers mentally respond to stuff like this in the New York media? Every single story like this, this is an easy one. You think they just grabbed that headline for the Devontae Adams ringer piece, wait until it gets a little bit more dead and less active in June. Before training camp, I'm ready for the think piece articles about what Aaron Rodgers office character he's going to wear to camp this year. And what's the true meaning behind the shirt? Maybe they'll let Manish Meta get a media pass again for the Jets and start clocking throws in camp. How quick was the release? Maybe we can get a New York reporter to tell us how Rodgers did in the preseason and then say whether or not the Jets made a mistake in late July and early August. This is what you're getting for the next four months, Jet fans. I was hoping it wasn't. I was hoping the build up to the Rodgers trade was going to be as crazy as it would be for Rodgers. Will he? Won't he? What will the Packers give up? Will the Jets put up? Maybe we'll see Rodgers make a few throws in training camp. He really doesn't need it. Learn the offense, build some chemistry, get the practice and go but New York media is not going to let that happen. We're going to get these interesting quotes from Rogers. We might get some eight to 10 minute answers in post game press conferences and post practice press conferences about what he's thinking and feeling. All of that can happen. I just want, and I know it's interesting for a sports radio host to do this. I would like and want some of the attention for the New York jets this fall to be about actual football, to be about sauce Gardner and how we can play on defense Who's going to be the wide receiver to step up and make plays for Rodgers, a la Devontae Adams? Maybe not at that level. But a wide receiver who can be Rodgers' best target? Can the running backs handle the load on a second and short and a third and a few yards to push the chains? Those are things that will still be compelling and interesting for the success of the New York Jets in 2023 and how far the team can go. But I don't know if I'm going to continue to care about, did you hear what your Michael Finley said? Yeah, he did an interview. He said he hasn't talked to Aaron Rodgers in almost 10 years. I, I guess, yeah, because they don't play. He doesn't play in the NFL and Rodgers is busy. Whoa, can you believe that happened? We're going to get this stuff all the time. Wait for the Jordan Love quote. I can't believe we haven't heard more from Jordan Love. How would you describe yours and Aaron's relationship? Everyone wants to make that the next Farvin Rodgers that Jeff Perlman talked about in his book. More and more baiting stories are on the way, Jet fans. Is Rodgers going to take the bait? Is he going to go crazy on Twitter? Is McAfee going to have to have him on for 45 minutes explaining these quotes from players? He's going to say he's going to love every teammate that may or may not have said something negative about him, and he really didn't? He said he played really well this season. Strap in. This could be your future, Jet fans, of what you got coming up for Aaron Rodgers in the future. Stuff like this. Aaron Rodgers... Figuring out what quotes to say and not to say to New York media coming up in the near future. Oh, and by the way, Jet fans, little (laughs) kudos to the organization because I know there's also reports out there that your team tried to make that play for that Black Friday tradition. The earlier report was the Cincinnati Bengals. Mike North, who does a lot of the scheduling stuff, he was recently on a national podcast talking about how this all comes together. But the Jets also tried making the move. The New York Jets were almost a future part of the Black Friday tradition in the NFL. Look at the Detroit Lions and Dallas Cowboys. They have Thanksgiving as their day, and it's been forever that that's happened. You can look at the NBA with the Christmas Day teams that usually play. Major League Baseball is a little different it's opening day in July 4th, but a tradition you can market your team around and what it can mean not just for the Aaron Rodgers seasons. So I'll put plural on that because maybe it'll be more than one of Jet football, making that a tradition. You want to make a move? You want to increase your visibility and all that stuff. The Jets tried to make a play on it. Curious to see what the NFL will do going forward with that Black Friday game. I would be surprised if a team ever gets that spot locked in because the value of that spot isn't understood yet. When you got Amazon involved, Jeff Bezos, a B, billions of dollars involved in the success of what could be this Black Friday game on that Thanksgiving week, maybe you don't sell it too low. And NFL teams and owners and everybody else involved in this knows of what it could be and we'll find out exactly how that will all lay out in the future but jet fans there you go a little kudos to the organization and everything that could be coming up on the way for jet fans this upcoming fall and Aaron Rodgers and more maybe we'll get Jake Aspen on the show this week Jake's a huge jet fan I know he's doing stuff down in Texas but he's killing it on YouTube maybe we'll get Jake Aspen on this week to talk about the New York Jets I know he's been calling Aaron Rodgers the dragon Yeah, you know, we'll reach out to Jake. Maybe we'll hop on the show Thursday or Friday with us, talk a little Jets football as well. All right, coming up on the way, our pal Brady Farkas is going to be back with us in the 4 o'clock hour. He's going to join us for the Top Forward Four. We're going to talk a little NBA with him as well. We've got a lot of great stuff on the way. Don't forget, you can always connect with the show if you're listening on the iHeart app. Hit that microphone. Give us a 30-second take on what you want to hear. We want to hear from Red Sox and Yankee fans today and Blue Jay fans. If you want to hop in the phone lines at... Elevation 10,000 Phone lines are always open to you at 518-690-0980. 518-690-0980 or the phone line. Social media as well at WOFX980 on Twitter. Top four and four is on the way next. You're listening to LeVac and on Fox Sports on a 59 and 980. The voice of the Capital Region Sports fan.
2: Hey, it's Levac for the Integrative Sleep Center in Boston Spa with Dr. Fred Dreer. My man, Doc Dreer. Here's the situation. I was the worst sleeper i had severe sleep apnea my snoring was a registered form of torture by by at least six different sovereign nations that's how bad my snoring was my energy level was in the toilet i was angry all the time and it all just went right back to the fact that i wasn't sleeping i just was the snoring was too much i would stop breathing in my sleep i didn't want to do the mask i didn't want to go have surgery luckily for me Integrative Sleep Center in Boston Spa. Dr. Fred Jr. had the answer. It's a custom-made mouthpiece that keeps my airway open. So the snoring is greatly reduced. I don't stop breathing because I'm getting all the air I need. And I don't have that, that compressor engine in the side of the room making all the noise with the mask. It is a win-win, win-win-win. The Integrative Sleep Center with Dr. Fred Jr. in Boston Spa. 518-885-6185. They're helping me sleep better. They're going to help you sleep better, too.